Section 8 of Not That It Matters by A. A. Milne. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Saturday to Monday. The happy man would have happy faces round him. A sad face is a reproach to him for his happiness. So when I escape by the 210 on Saturday, I distribute largesse with a liberal hand. The cabman, feeling that an effort is required of him, mentions that I am the first gentleman he has met that day. He penetrates my mufti and calls me captain, leaving it open whether he regards me as a Salvation Army captain or the captain of a barge. The porters hasten to the door of my cab. There is a little struggle between them as to who shall have the honour of waiting upon me. Inside the station, things go on as happily. The booking-office clerk gives me a pleasant smile. He seems to approve of the station I am taking. Some do go to Brighton, he implies. But for a gentleman like you, he pauses, to point out that with this ticket I can come back on the Tuesday, if I like, as, between ourselves, I hope to do. In exchange for his courtesies, I push him my paper through the pigeonhole. A dirty little boy thrust it into my cab. I didn't want it, but as we are all being happy today, he had his penny. I follow my porter to the platform. On the left, says the ticket collector. He has said it, mechanically, to a hundred persons. But he becomes human and kindly as he says it to me. I feel that he really wishes me to get into the right train, to have a pleasant journey down, to be welcomed heartily by my friends when I arrive. It is not as to one of a mob, but to an individual that he speaks. The porter has found me an empty carriage. He is full of ideas for my comfort. He tells me which way the train will start, where we stop, and when we may be expected to arrive. Am I sure I wouldn't like my bag in the van? Can he get me any papers? No, no thanks. I don't want to read. I give him sixpence, and there is another one of us, happy. Presently the guard, he also seems pleased that I have selected this one particular station from among so many. Pleased, but not astonished, he expected it of me. It is a very good run-down in his train, and he shouldn't be surprised if we had a fine weekend. I stand at the door of Ray Carriage, feeling very happy. It is good to get out of London. Come to think of it, we are all getting out of London, and none of us is going to do any work tomorrow. How jolly! Oh, but what about my porter? Father, I wish now I'd given him more than sixpence. Still, he may have a sweetheart and be happy that way. We are off. I have nothing to read, but then I want to think. It is the ideal place in which to think, a railway carriage. The ideal place in which to be happy. 
I wonder if I shall be in good form this weekend at cricket and tennis and croquet and billiards and all the other jolly games I mean to play. Look at those children trying to play cricket in that dirty backyard. Poor little beggars. Fancy living in one of those horrible squalid houses. But you cannot spoil today for me, little backyards. On Tuesday, perhaps, when I am coming again to the ugly town, your misery will make me miserable. I shall ask myself hopelessly what it all means. But just now I am too happy for pity. After all, why should I assume that you envy me, you two children, swinging on a gate and waving to me? You are happy, aren't you? Of course. We are all happy today. See, I am waving back at you. My eyes wander round the carriage and rest on my bag. Have I put in everything? Of course I have. Then why this uneasy feeling that I have left something very important out? Well, I can soon settle the question. Let's start with tonight. Evening clothes, therein. I know, shirts, collars. I go through the whole program for the weekend, allotting myself in my mind suitable clothes for each occasion. Yes, I seem to have brought everything that I can possibly want. But what a very jolly program I am drawing up for myself. Will it really be as delightful as that? Well, it was last time, and the time before. That is why I am so happy. The train draws up at its only halt in the glow of a September mid-afternoon. There is a little pleasant bustle. Nice people get out, and nice people meet them. Everybody seems very cheery and contented. Then we are off again. And now the next station is mine. We are there. A porter takes my things with a kindly smile and a nice day. I see Brant outside with the wagonette, not the trap. Then I am not the only guest coming by this train. Who are the others, I wonder? Anybody I know? Why, yes, it's Bob and Mrs. Bob, and hello, Cynthia, and isn't that old Anderby? How splendid! I must get that shilling back from Bob that I lost to him at billiards last time. And if Cynthia really thinks that she can play croquet... We greet each other happily and climb into the wagonette. Never has the country road looked so lovely. No, no rain at all, says Brant, and the glass is going up. The porter puts our luggage in the cart and comes round with a smile. It is a rotten life being a porter, and I do so want everybody to enjoy this afternoon. Besides, I haven't any coppers. I slip half a crown into his palm. Now we are all very, very happy. End of section 8